0: You're listening to Saber and Sage Unplugged, and I'm your host, Stephanie Renee. Each season, I'll be hooking up with a diverse group of folks that are unplugging and giving an unfiltered glimpse into their lives, creative process, and dropping that sage advice to carry us through life. Cassie Joy Garcia is the force behind the wildly popular blog, Fed and Fit. And now you can add New York Times bestseller to her credentials for her new cookbook, Cook Once, Dinner Fix. And Cassie Joy's name is perfect because she's an absolute joy to speak with. And I'm so glad that we got a chance to connect. She has definitely encouraged me to eat my leftovers with her practical and sensible tips to only cook once. Listen in. Welcome, Cassie. I'm so excited to have you here for the show. Thank you so much for having me. There's so much that we're going to dive into, but one of the things that I like to find out from my guests is when did it all start? So for you, when did your passion for cooking begin?
1: Oh, I love this question. It takes me back. I, so I was the oldest of three girls and we're all sisters. And I, when I was old enough to be left alone with my sisters, right, which is babysitting, but I couldn't call it babysitting because I wouldn't, my sisters wouldn't have liked that. Um, But when I was old enough to be left alone with them, I remember offering to make dinner for my family while, you know, my mom and dad would go out for the night. And I started just kind of using that as an opportunity to play in the kitchen. And the thing that I made over and over again was fettuccine Alfredo, because it was something that I knew how to make. It sounds fancier than what I made. Um, it was really just creamy, cheesy chicken and noodles. And I would just, I, it clicked something in my head clicked because I thought my sisters loved it. And it was such a fun activity to be able to think I can make something from scratch and provide nourishment to my sisters. And we all enjoyed it. It was fun for me. And so all of, for all of those reasons, and then I just started playing and making more different kinds of fettuccine alfredo. And it was just always the thing. If mom and dad were going to go out for supper, for whatever reason, that's what we had at home. And it just started to really inspire this love of cooking for people.
0: I love that, especially when you can tie it into, I think that's one of the things with cooking, like it's never just about eating. It's always about relationship. And, um, And that's why I like hearing just kind of how, folks get started in cooking. Now you have a blog, this business, that's actually more than just a blog, but you have Fed and Fit. So what was that aha moment where you're kind of coming out of cooking for family and then into starting Fed and Fit? What was that aha moment for you? Um,
1: You know, it was when I was in my early twenties, I started to play with the kinds of foods. I had a lot of knee and hip pain. And I was in a, I was kind of sleepy, sleepy, but I didn't realize I was sleeping until I wasn't anymore. and just was Mm -hmm. tired all the time, you know? And I had started changing some of the foods that I was eating, experimenting. Really what happened is I just had um, an unhealthy gut, not to go too far into it, but my gut just needed healing. And so because of that, I had to play with the kinds of foods I was eating, which forced me to make different recipes right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I wasn't leaning on the ones that I had always had and enjoyed. I've mo- I've mo- come back to them because uh, I'm healthy and, you know, everything is good again, but it forced me to really start to experiment in the kitchen. And I wanted a place to document those recipes. I wanted a place to share them because I had some that I was loving and I was learning new things in the kitchen. And so I started that really just to have a, almost like a recipe catalog. Mm-hmm. And then also to share what I felt like I kind of learned lessons in a very windy path. Um, not a very <laughs> don't we one. all everything and is so it's thought, not
0: just linear. <laughs> oh, gosh,
1: that's so irritating, but it's true. <laughs> but I thought, you know, if I can if I can share, if I can help somebody else by sharing some of these lessons learned and help them at least, you know, cut some of the corners. Uh, you know, I wa- I really wanted to do that. And so it's, it was, it was not a raging success from the beginning. I remember <laughs> logging on to my web stats and I had my three, three visitors and then I'd get a phone call from my mom and she'd say, your dad and I both logged on today. And I was like, oh,
0: that's where two of them came from. <laughs> you could always count on mom and dad.
1: <laughs> yes. I was like, but there's one person I don't know. <laughs> was that so neat? And so it just started, you know, okay. Like, Eventually, people found it through one way or another and started asking questions about food, about nutrition, all of these things. And I, I wanted to be able to provide really great answers. So um, that just kind of inspired what I would start publishing
0: next. Why do you think people were just drawn to, to you and what you were trying to create with Fed and Fit?
1: You know, something that I've always tried to, I don't know if this is why, but my guess is... I've always tried to approach wellness, nutrition, food from a, there's no rules here um, in terms of how to get, like how to get a dinner on the table. Um, And I think there's a whole lot of rules, especially in the health and wellness space. There's a lot of Mm. rules, you know, that are and shoulds, you know, like the, the, you should do this or shouldn't do that. And I've really, really tried those bother me. I don't think that they're very healthy. And Uh so a lot of the times, maybe for some personalities, uh, but not for everybody. And so I tried to stay away from them and make it as more of a, just a, if you enjoy food and you want to cook ingredients that, you know, include some of these things, then maybe you'll enjoy these recipes and leave it up to readers to make their own decisions. They're really smart people, you know, and they can decide.
0: And I mean, that leads into my next question for you about what does eating with purpose mean for you?
1: Oh, I love that. Eating with purpose. For me, it means finding meals that really work for you versus against you. And Mm. it doesn't necessarily mean just the ingredients, right? That might be the first place my head, my brain goes in thinking about that. Um, But I don't even mean just that. For example, if you know that, dairy doesn't always agree with you. That's not exactly what I'm talking about, but even the, the way that you approach cooking in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's, if you feel a desire to pull together a really complex dinner, you know, night after night, but it's leaving you feeling burnout, exhausted. You're spending a fortune on groceries. I'm saying all this from personal experience. Um, you know, (laughs) you know, you, and you're running out of time and all of these things, then it's not working for you. Mm -hmm. So I think that when it comes to figuring out a method that works for you in your, in how you're going to get dinner on the table and whatever else you've got going on in your life, your budget, your time constraints, your desires and your passions and the things you find interesting, I think eating and cooking with a purpose really comes down in my mind to how you're choosing those methods, right? And choose something that really works for you.
0: Yeah, I definitely. And I think that's, if if more folks would kind of look at cooking in that way, it wouldn't seem like such a daunting task, right? And I think that's what yeah. ends up discouraging people from, you know, getting in there in the kitchen.
1: Totally. Yes. You know, it's, it's like thinking about making a, um, like a roasted chicken, you know, before I really started cooking, I was so intimidated by the thought of roasting a chicken because I I remember thinking like, are there feathers? I don't know what, <laughs> what am I gonna, what am I gonna do with it? Like I gotta thing. pluck I'm, it and everything. Yes, like I had this thing in my head and the reality is, is that roasting a chicken is, can be really straightforward and give you really great results. Mm -hmm. Um, And so try and demystify some of that stuff.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Now, let me tell you in full transparency, one of the reasons why I was excited to talk to you is because (laughs) of your new cookbook that's out. And I am not one for leftovers. There's like only certain foods usually that I'll actually eat more than once. And I don't know why that is. It's just, I'm just not really a leftover gal. But (laughs) I think you have a unique take on things. So tell us, what was the genesis for Cook Once Dinner Fix?
1: So the genesis, you and I are very similar in that because I also (laughs) don't enjoy eating leftovers very, very infrequently. Um, It was really that. It's that I was making fresh and involved fresh dinner every single night or ordering takeout. There's nothing in my mind. There's nothing wrong with takeout. Um, If it works for you, right? Getting dinner on the Mm -hmm. table that works for your method. But I was having to make a fresh from scratch dinner every night and it was leaving me feeling really exhausted. Um, Or the alternative was to meal prep things in well in advance. Sometimes the extreme was three meals a day for seven days a week. And then, you know, four days in, I'm like, oh my gosh, this, I am so over this food. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so cook once dinner fix was kind of my way to blend those two methods together where I'm still able to get a really fresh meal. That's unique. You know, it's unique to tonight's dinner on the table, but we were able to do it in a way that we were, I did some prep the night before, if that makes sense. And so the book is organized into what we're calling dinner series. And so they're pairs of dinners and the first dinner, everything is meant to be really simple and straightforward. And the first dinner is where you would cook a a little bit more of one thing. So let's say if it is the chicken example, right? Mm -hmm. You would stick, let's say if you're going to have a roasted chicken with roasted vegetables and some sort of a rice, that was what you wanted to make for supper, then you would, in this book, I would help you walk you through sticking an extra chicken in the oven way more than you need for tonight. (laughs) And then let's say if that's Monday on Wednesday, you would pull up the second dinner and take that already cooked chicken, break it up, toss it in a sticky sesame sauce, Chinese inspired dish, and then serve it Mm. over white rice. And it's an entirely different meal. It's, you know, it, it, at least, at least for the people who don't like leftovers, at least in my brain, I think that's different. That's not a repeat of the same meal. And it comes together so much faster because the main components are already cooked.
0: Yeah. I love that idea. And I don't know if I've ever seen it anywhere else. And even though it's you know, somewhat similar to a meal that you've already had, it is different because you're kind of changing up the whole flavor profile of it, which I love. So now with the recipes, what was your process for creating Cook Once? Like, just walk us through what that process looked like for you.
1: Oh my gosh. To be honest, I was pregnant with my second. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, this book, <laughs> you know, well, because of twenty twenty, of course, was rescheduled a lot of things. But I feel mm-hmm. like I've just been pregnant for three years. Um, <laughs> but I was, I we were eating really well at home, and so what I did is my first step when I was conceptualizing this. This is how I cook at home, and so that also gave me a little bit of a head start right? Mm-hmm. Because I already make these kinds of dishes at home on a regular basis. And so I had a bunch of things already in mind. And then what I did is I sat down and I decided on the chapter first. And so I knew I wanted to do a poultry chapter, pork and beef. And then by popular request, I wanted to include seafood and a vegetarian chapter mm. in the book. And so that kind of gave me a starting point and then thought about what fun meals we could make to fill those out and then making sure that meal one had totally different flavors from meal two and that there was enough. If someone, for example, I want to make sure that regardless of how comfortable you are in the kitchen, that ground beef, for example, if you, if you feel comfortable with ground beef, you're like, I can, I can brown some beef, you know, that is, (laughs) I can do this. I want to make sure there's at least a handful of really great dinner series, you know, for that for those. So it's not anyway, so just kind of sprinkling across the ingredients. And then I started playing with flavors and just thinking mm. about what would be fun. What would my family enjoy? What do I know? Um, for example, my husband is, I wouldn't say he's a picky eater, but he's a very opinionated eater.
0: <laughs> I have one of those too. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: will tell me exactly what he thinks, um, and so it's. And I'm grateful because it makes my recipes even better. And so I kind of started there, and then it was a lot of sitting. I tell you, I was sitting in coffee shops and uh, public libraries just to get away because I was working out of my house and to be able to get away into focus. And I draft recipes. Then I went home and I would start cooking them and tweaking them. And I made everything about at least four times in the book just to make sure it was it was right. So we yeah. ate really well.
0: I love it. I mean, you're like making me hungry <laughs> just by like, talking about the whole process. So, what did you uh, what did you enjoy the most about putting this book together because this is your third book. So, what made this different and what you enjoy about it?
1: You know, the I think what I enjoyed most about this book, funny enough, is I felt like this is the book that's mostly most closely aligned with how I cook. And that was really fun. My first two books I felt were, I had created, I'm really proud of them. And I think they're really great solutions, but I made them to solve a very specific problem that I saw my readers were having. And I had experienced those as well, but it was more of a, here's the solution that I think y'all have asked for. And I put my best work into it. And then on this one, I kind of got to evolve it back to a little bit more to wh- how I really just genuinely like to cook in the kitchen and pull meals together. And that was really fun. It was fun. Then all of a sudden to put on my hat of, yes, I'm problem solving, but also this is just exciting. I can't wait to get home and make this brisket and stuffed pepper dinner series. Cause mm. I think my family's really going to love it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. So let's just talk about a little bit the art of the weeknight meal. What are three words that you would use to describe how you curate a cook once lifestyle and why those three words?
1: Oh my goodness. This is such a good question. (laughs) Three words that I would use to curate a cook cook once (laughs) lifestyle. I would say simplicity, simplicity, is really important. Possible is also very important. And then delicious. I I mean, not to be, I think that's such like an easy answer. I don't mean to choose the easiest one, but it's really important. It has to taste good. good. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) At the end of the day, you know? Um, And so And that's really how I approach all of this is it has to, the recipes have got to be simple. There's a roasted duck in this book, for example, just one, there's just one dinner series in there. So if you're like, nope, never, I will not be doing that just though it's only showing up once. (laughs) (laughs) But I put it in there to hopefully help push folks that were looking for a push, right? And to try something new, but it is the most simple way to prepare a duck. And so I wanted to make sure that these things are not overly involved. They're very straightforward. It's kind of like I look at, I like studying how to cook things and boil it down to the most basic steps. And then if I need to build in from there, you know, and so I think that's really important to save us all time in the kitchen.
0: Yeah. And I love that you threw duck in there because I think that's one that intimidates people too. And you know, a lot of folks are, they're like, no, I'm not even going to touch it. But (laughs) if there's a simple way to do it and it's delicious and it's flavorful, then go for it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And a fun fact about roasting a duck is And I didn't know it until I did this, but you get duck fat out of it. If you roast it in a pan that collects Mm -hmm. it all, so much duck fat. It is. Yes. So you are going to be living large, cooking your eggs or your potatoes or whatever it is. I mean, cooking
0: some biscuits with some duck fat. I mean, all of that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm coming over. (laughs) That sounds
0: delicious. Yes, all of that. I'm telling you, there's, and I like it when you can use different parts of meals in different ways. So yes, yes. now I'm I'm like, it's what, 8.30 in the morning here, but I'm so hungry. (laughs) Now there's so many great recipes in the book, but if you could only eat one of those recipes you featured in the book for the rest of your life, kind of like, you know, a deserted island type of recipe, what would it be?
1: The, my brain went immediately to the pork chapter. There is this, it's a, um, start with a pork, pork shoulder or pork mm-hmm. butt, you know, they're both, you know, they're both very similar in how you use them. And the first dinner first you, you cook it down and shred it and that becomes your main protein for the two dinners. And the first meal is I think I ha- I think the name of the recipe is perfect carnitas, and mm. we serve them in taco. And I mean like, if there's a thing, I know a thing or two about <laughs> 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 carnitas, <laughs> and um, and we serve that with a uh, Mexican style uh, street corn. And so it's like the roasted corn with the cotija cheese and a little paprika and fresh lime. It is in some toasted uh, tortillas. It is delicious. And I probably make something like that about once a week in my own home. And then the rest of that pork is totally repurposed into what we call these sticky honey garlic pork bowls. And now my mouth is watering. It's 1030 (laughs) where I am. I'm ready for lunch. Um, But it's the baby wants Pork bowls, but uh really, really it's this really she does. She is this really sticky, kind of spicy, a little bit sweet, Asian inspired bowl. And I put a good dusting of red pepper flakes on it with a fluffy white rice. And the two, those two dinners, they just scratched the itch for you know, some of those food cravings.
0: Yeah, I love that. Oh, that sounds so good. And anything, well, for one, like carnitas. Give me that we just um went to san diego uh the other weekend and that's really all we want to do is just go taco tasting (laughs) just go to different taco trucks and stuff and it was wonderful
1: that sounds like a dream vacation (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. yeah (laughs) um okay so this round of questions i kind of call it like my quick round questions but sage advice your mama or any other elder in your life has given you?
1: Ooh, m- my mom, What her piece of advice is never show up empty, empty-handed. And th- it, uh, that also pairs with uh, leave a place cleaner than you found it, which is probably where I lack. And I slack off a little <laughs> bit more, <laughs> um, but those two, And so when I think about going over to someone's house for supper, I wanna bring something with me and also help clean up, for example.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's that's special. I, I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, even if we're going over to somebody's house for dinner, it's kind of like, okay, well, how can I help? Yes. And you know, so I totally get that. Totally get it. What does success look like, feel like, and sound like for you?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, you know, someone had just recently asked me. They said, now that Fed and Fit is a business. Uh, what do you do for fun? And I was like, oh, no, this is really fun. <laughs> I, I, And that's, that feels successful to me, you know, is the fact that I really look forward to what I get to do. And I, it's just what a, I mean, what an incredible blessing to be able to come to work and create and feel energized by it. Now there's parts of business that I don't love, you know, studying. Mm-hmm the things that my husband, I put off to him, <laughs> um, you know, all of the other paperwork and things like that. But I think that feeling really energized by what I get to do, um, by the community that we get to serve. It is just, that feels like a lot of, it feels successful regardless of where the business is at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, five ingredients you always have in your kitchen.
1: Oh my gosh, you have the best questions. The um for definitely I I was gonna say two kinds of salt. Can I can mm-hmm. I lump these together? Yeah, you can
0: lump them together.
1: <laughs> okay, thank you. I have a <laughs> pink salt and that I love that I cook with. That's like my primary cooking salt, the Himalayan style pink salt mm-hmm. for just a little extra minerals. And then I always, you know, writing taking photos of food turned me on to flaky sea salt, the kind that you can really That's see. So pretty. It's so pretty. And now I find myself, I used to only use it when I was taking a really pretty picture.
0: Mm-hmm. And now I
1: find myself sprinkling at the very end of everything that I'm serving. <laughs> and it's just really nice. Uh, and I would say a really good olive oil, lots of butter is always in my fridge. Those kinds of fats. Um, we always have For really fast weeknight meals. Um, If I have, for example, if I'm taking a break between dinner series, um, like I said, because that is how I cook, but I like to put in really fast one-off meals, Mm -hmm. uh, spaghetti with marinara and uh, meat sauce is a, I know it's going to be a win for my family. They're going to love it. And so I always try to make sure that I have a jar of spaghetti sauce and some Mm. pasta ready to go. And then, oh gosh, we are, if my children could turn into a blueberries and roll away. They would, we, (laughs) they go through so much fruit. It is, it's wonderful. And I'm so glad that I can give it to them, but it is a, we always, I try to always have fresh fruit, you know, available Mm -hmm. for them. Um, And then I would say the last one would be, you know, pre prepped proteins in the freezer,
0: something Mm -hmm. to
1: make Life a little bit easier. So, if I'm, let's say, if I go to the store and there's a sale on chicken breast, I'll grab the chicken breast and cook it in the slow cooker or the instant pot and then shred it. And then I will freeze that shredded chicken in portions for that I could use for a meal. And so, if I want to pull together like an enchilada casserole, for example, or something like that, I can just pull out that already cooked shredded chicken, toss it in some enchilada sauce, and make a casserole really
0: quickly. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm the, I'm a freeze queen. My, my husband says I'm like a little chipmunk because I'll (laughs) put stuff away. And then he's like, well, where did this come from? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) I love it. It's so smart. Yeah. I'm telling you, you'll thank me once you see it. (laughs) Um, What music is on your rotation right now?
1: Oh my goodness. What music? I'm going to date myself. I (laughs) <laughs> I have been listening, to, you want to know with the honest truth, I've been listening to a lot of Raffi, which is a children's singer. I, whenever we're in, in that sad, whenever, or fun, it depends on how you look at it. Um, my girls, their music has taken over oh, all wow. of our uh, lives. Yeah. Rafi sings, their favorite is Baby Beluga, which is actually the same CD I listened to when I was a kiddo. Um, oh, but wow. outside of that, we, I know it's, it's so funny how it's come full circle. <laughs> um, but outside of that, we listen to, oh my goodness. I usually say if the, if the kids are outside and I'm making dinner and that's such a, a Rare occasion, you know, they're mm-hmm. playing with my husband outside. It'll be like, Hey, Alexa, can you turn on? Um, and something like City in Color, or um, I don't know, like uh, just more soothing jazz mm-hmm. style music, something to just wind down the day.
0: Yes, wind downs are always great. Always great. Yes. And for our, our last question, finish the sentence for me. If I could have dinner with blank, I would cook them blank. Why this person and why this dinner?
1: Oh my goodness, this is so fun. If I could have dinner, oh well, yeah. If I could have dinner with anybody, it would be probably my grandfather, my papa. Um, he what he passed when I was in high school, and he um, he was very close to me, and he has just an incredible story. Um, English was his second language, and he—it was—is it was really interesting. He married a woman from Chicago, who got her major. She got a master's degree, actually. She's very extremely educated. Got her master's degree in Spanish, and then when she moved to San Antonio and met Jaime, and they got married, he forbade her from speaking Spanish around their two boys in the house because he thought that it was something that had held him back in life. And then as time went on and I got to know him as a teenager, he told me that that was one of his biggest regrets in life. Mm. Um, and my dad and my uncle, of course, went on to learn Spanish. But he made me promise that I would. He shared some of his family's recipes with me, and which at the time he didn't know how much food would mean to me in the future. Yeah. Um, And then he also made me promise that I would go learn Spanish, so I so I could like (laughs) really carry that heritage through. And so we became really really close towards those end of his days. So I would I actually just recently in the kitchen here made. Speaking of carnitas, the kind of carnitas that we make, where we take a pork shoulder and boil it down and then bake it to make it crispy, is definitely not authentic. Authentic carnitas is where you cut up the pork and you boil it in lard. Sounds, I'm sure that sounds delicious. Um, but <laughs> we boil it. In, <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> I,
1: I mean, and, soft.
0: you know, I think you know, and I know some folks don't use lard, but lard changes things. <laughs>
1: it does it's mm-hmm. special it, it is. is and they, my team when they saw how much lard i'd put in this pot they they were like whoa <laughs> <laughs> anyways but it's a, i was able to so you boil it in the lard and then once the meat is cooked you take the lid off and then you add this um chopped up brown sugar mexican style brown sugar mm. to it and these other spices and then it just crisps in the pot there's no roasting it's so delicious. It is a little bit sweet. And I just, I would serve him that I would serve uh. him, his family's authentic carnitas recipe, you know, with, of course, it has my own touch on it. Yeah. Um, but I just think that would be so special because it was such an, it was such a touching conversation where he said he was a very kind man, but in earlier in his days was very proudful that, you know, he was like, this is the way we're going to raise our family. Um, And so it would just be nice to show that we all listened and are carrying that
0: forward. Yeah, I love that. I I love thinking about how are we carrying out our lineage, our heritage. And it also speaks to, I mean, what happens with folks of color when you feel like you have to assimilate to a certain Mm -hmm. way and those struggles that, that you go through. So thank yep. you so much for sharing that. I appreciate that so much.
1: Yeah, it was an honor. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Thank you for joining the the podcast and thank you for sharing a little bit about your book. I can't wait till it comes out. And the official date for it coming out is when? September 14th. Okay, so a couple of weeks. Yep. Yay. <laughs> it's, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. So we are going to have all the information for the listeners so they can take a look at this book and purchase it (laughs) because it has some amazing recipes in it. And once again, thank you so much, Cassie, for joining us. I really enjoyed talking to you.
1: Stephanie, it was an honor. Thank you for having me.
0: You are welcome. Thanks for listening to Savor and Sage Unplugged. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and to stay up to date, head over to SaberAndSage.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and thank you for all of your DMs, emails, all those shouts of encouragement. Stay tuned for the next episode, which drops next Sunday.